Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? So it's it's a retread set up before. I take no ownership credit for it. It's a Sloaner classic, but smiling through the pain, brother. Smiling through the pain. <laughs> we are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? What up? It's all good, man. You know, it is what it is. Life moves forward. Yep, that's true. That's, that's true. It is yep. what it is. Smiling through the pain. I feel like we said that exact same, I uttered those exact same words at this time a year ago. We are here today to have another look back at Ohio State's disappointing 30 to 24 loss to Michigan. Outside of our text thread, fellas, the three of us haven't had a chance to talk about Ohio State's performance as a group, uh, you know, in that game. So I'm looking forward to that. Our listeners already know mostly where I stand on it uh, from my postgame pod on Sunday, but they haven't yet heard your takes on it, guys. So let's jump right into it. PVH, I'm going to start with you. Why did the Buckeyes lose to Michigan on Saturday? Hmm. You know, man, I, I I think I've I'm sure like both of you have given this way way more thought than I wanted to. I feel like as we get older, it should get, it does get easier, but it you know it <laughs> kind of really doesn't. I mean, I guess you recover faster, um, and you know after two days of just shutting out the world, I, you know, did start to poke my head out of the rabbit hole and start to read things. And, um, I, you know, I, I kind of land that I feel like Michigan going into this game was absolutely 100% confident that they were going to win it. And Ohio state went in it as a fan, as a, as the coaching and the players cautiously, optimistic that they could win this game Hmm. and it is such a freaking mental game i think for both teams and that's enough right to to flip the script and i think it manifests itself in 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 players and in coaching right and i'm I'm sure we're going to get to that yeah um you know and there was one, it was Birmingham and he was talking about McCord and he was just saying, no mistakes, no mistakes, no mistakes. And it's like, dude, that's, you know, and, and not that, you know, a 19 year old kid has to be, you know, the greatest motivational speaker in the world. But if that's your mindset going into it, then that's kind of probably a red flag. And then I think day coached conservatively and it's, it's clearly in his head as well. Mm -hmm. And it just, comes down to the fact that when you lose this game two years in a row, the pressure, it, it, not to mention the stakes. Oh, yeah. Um, but the the pressure builds and builds and builds. And Michigan went in there completely unafraid, and we went in there cautiously optimistic. And then the last the last one I'll, I'll say on this is kind of a three-part answer, I guess, if you will. I'm, I'm sort of coming around to the last 30 years of my father, Joe Van Horn, telling me that if you're not born in Ohio, then you can't win this game. (laughs) And I know that makes no 
logical sense, but I, you know, went back and looked and Cooper started in 98 and guys that weren't born in Ohio or what, basically three and 16 or something along those lines. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper started in 88. You meant, I think, I think that's or what you to say. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. They're three and 16. Right. I mean, he won two days, one, one. Yeah. You he was Russell and two, 10 and one Cooper was. And now day is one and three. So yeah, maybe you've already done the math on that. It's three, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The point being three, 13 and one pretty fucking abysmal record. It's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. Uh, CP, how about you? Why did Ohio state lose this game to Michigan on Saturday? I'd like to say, first off, it, it started out like the tone of the game, you know, obviously at the very beginning of that interception, you know what I mean? Like huge that right there. Um, it just, it kind of like, like, you know, it takes the one down the stairs and you're like, all right, let's go. Like, it's early, this and that. But, you know, that, like, it gets that vibe in that stadium, uh, you know, a little bit, a uh, little bit electric uh, early. Um, you know, like, I don't know about Maserat. Like, so if you go back and look at the two interceptions that, um, that he threw, like, Maserat, like, Harrison could have, those could have been avoided with the interceptions. Well, certainly in that first not one, maybe he could have made a little bit more of an attempt to break it up, I think is what you're saying, right? Exactly. So the ball's not intercepted. That's okay. Yeah, right. that's a fair point. Uh, on that first one, for sure, it seemed like maybe he kind of, he let up or gave up on the play and maybe could have fought yeah, a little harder to break it up. Right. I agree with Paige. We, um, Day, I mean, what the fuck, man? Like, like that field goal the first half. Yeah. Like, no, come on. Like, let, let's go, dude. Like, let's, that's bullshit. And then you're like, we had, like, you know, there was a chance we could have ran two plays there. I mean, like, he let For the sure. clock run down from what was, like, I about mean, 30 seconds, on, I dude. think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and then our, then our kicker, he, you know, like, you don't kick that ball, dude, you know, like, because that one went right through the upright. <laughs> you're like, oh, man, he's going to miss this next one, dude. <laughs> um, well, hey, hey, can I cut you off, Chad? Uh, because of course. the uh, – Dude, it, it, the the first possession, and Abuka drops that ball. Yeah. Dude, Abuka has oh, been yes, making that catch. You. He's mm-hmm. been making that catch since he was five years old. You're right? 100% like, right. And I, I, not many people have said anything about that. Yeah, dreadful and, start. Yeah, and, and that just, I mean, literally, the, the, those types of mistakes – they they just build on you know especially if if we're going with the narrative that you know there was some some cautious optimism not just outright confidence and then I think the next possession McCord missed somebody I you know it's like I, I I haven't had the guts to go back and watch the game but the second possession McCord missed somebody I think, I think wide it was Marvin Harrison Jr. out yeah uh, yep he had him wide open I mean wide for a first and, and then the third possession is the, the interception so yeah. I agree with you Chad 100 percent I'm just saying it it actually started on the first two possessions then you get to the third and then you're like oh fuck and and then from that point psychologically we're playing from a deficit in a one score game on the road against a matchup opponent where the outcome is almost always going to be decided in the margins ohio state was minus two in the turnover department and one of those turnovers set michigan up first and goal at the ohio state seven yard line and they converted it into a touchdown if you're one of those fans that likes to boil it down to one thing well then i think you can point to turnovers and leave it at that and of course the second turnover ended the game but I also thought Ryan Day's ultra conservatism 
on the two fourth down situations in the first half were costly. Let's have a closer look at that second decision on the fourth and short, the most egregious of the two. That was fourth and two from the Michigan 34-yard line in the final, I don't know, what is it, 30 seconds or so of the second quarter. The offense was in a good lather at that stage. The Buckeyes had just scored on their two previous drives and were in the middle of a 64-yard drive that started at their own two-yard line. That's insane. Why are you taking your offense off the field and putting the game into the hands of your worst unit, the special teams at that stage? Jaden Fielding has never hit a field goal over 50 yards in his entire career. I mean, do we not learn anything from the Peach Bowl? (laughs) What is our success rate with with place kickers who've never hit 50-yard field goals in high leverage moments? And Mike Mike Nugent's not running off the sideline. Yeah, he's not walking through that door. And look, that, that that was a lost opportunity to go into the locker room with a lead, having scored on three straight drives. And we're talking about a psychological edge, right? How much of a statement would it have made to grab the lead on a 98-yard drive going into the half? Right. Now, PVH, when you and I spoke at halftime, I think you had a much better handle on the moment than I did. It wasn't until after the game that it really dawned on me how much of a lost opportunity that was for Day to not only get the lead, but also give his team that psychological edge, that emotional lift, which I think they really needed. PVH, let me kick this back to you. Any other observations around you know why Ohio State yeah, lost that, this that game? Was, that was gigantic. The fact that the drive started at the two-yard line, right? And, you know, it, I, I forget the first few plays, but then they just moved the, the ball down the field at will. Um and, on three straight drives, right? Because there was the t- touchdown yeah. drive previous to that, field goal drive previous to that. And on that that uh, that gorgeous catch that Julian Fleming made on third down uh, that extended the drive. You guys remember that? The diving catch that oh, yeah. he caught when Beautiful. that bailed us out. Was, I mean, what a what a play. Huge. Yeah. He was huge. That 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 is the most unconscionable thing that that Day did. I really don't have a whole lot of problems with anything else, you yeah. know, the game that he called other than that. Um, but you know, it's just a force multiplier, right? Because if, if, you know, even if you ran, I mean, okay. Say you don't get it right. Okay, fine. Then the half is over. That's some momentum for, for Michigan. But even if you, if you get another 15 yards, you get three points, it's huge momentum for us. My God, if you put seven on the board, that changes the whole dynamic, which kind of flips the script to what the game was last year, right? Where. You know, uh, yeah, we had so many missed opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And you go eight seconds left. I get it, but not that much time. Come on, right? No, yeah. totally. And, and and then the other thing is, is, to your point, like the piece, like you're not bringing in Mike Nugent to make that field goal, Brian. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, you know. And <laughs> it's just you've you've never put him in that position all year long. It, it was just it just made no sense. And again, that's I think where. You know, he's overthinking the situation because of the pressure, because he's lost the last two games. I do really want to underscore just how unspecial the Ohio State special teams were on Saturday and and how they've been all season and last year as well. Parker Fleming's unit, he didn't lose the game for the Buckeyes. It, It just made it harder for everyone else to do their jobs in a game where the margin for error was razor fucking thin. I mean, Jesse Mirko averaged 36 yards on three punts. Never once 
pinned Michigan inside their own 20. Meanwhile, Michigan's punter, Tommy Doman, averaged 52 yards on his three punts, and that included a 71-yarder that pinned Ohio State inside their own two-yard line. Of course, we've already talked about Fielding missing his 52-yarder. Meanwhile, Michigan's place kicker, James Turner, drilled his 50-yarder. And then on the kick return before Ohio State's final possession of the game, Xavier Johnson inexplicably attempted to return the ball instead of calling a fair catch. He was dumped at the 19-yard line. That mistake took five precious seconds off the game clock, and it cost Ohio State six yards of field position. But in you know, in spite of the turnovers, Ryan Day's ultra-conservatism, the lousy special teams, the Buckeyes had the ball at the Michigan, what, 35-yard line, down only six with enough time for probably at least three shots at the end zone to win the game. PBH, you and I were there yep. at Notre Dame in the exact same yeah. situations. The Buckeyes were in the Notre Dame red zone like that. Um, so credit Michigan for, for getting pressure on McCord to force a bad throw, to force that interception. But like you, PBH, otherwise, I thought Ohio State pr- played pretty well in defeat. I thought the Ohio State defense made Michigan earn every single goddamn yard, every single point. Nothing came easy. I mean, even when they had the ball at the seven-yard line to start the game on that, it took them four downs to punch it in and Blake Corn barely got the ball over the goal line and on their second touchdown that was the review where they thought maybe Denzel Burke intercepted the ball I mean you know the defense held J.J. McCarthy 64 yards below his season average Blake Corm only averaged four yards a carry in this game which is almost a full yard below his season average Michigan finished the day with 338 yards of total offense which is 61 yards below their season average the Ohio State offense, you know, they converted in the red zone in this game. They converted all three of their red zone trips to touchdowns um, against a Michigan defense that came into this game rated number one in the country at preventing red zone touchdowns. So, you know, and then that third quarter t- touchdown drive to tie the game at 17, that was awesome. They finished that drive with eight straight runs right into the heart of the Michigan defensive front. Bill Landis said that was their best drive of the season. I totally agree. Look, the Buckeyes just came up a few plays short against probably the best Michigan team. Well, definitively the best Michigan team of the Harbaugh era. Might even be better than that 1997 team that won a share of the national title. I texted you guys this on Sunday. Um, I think of the five teams Day has coached at Ohio State, this is probably his fourth best. And yet they went toe-to-toe with the best Michigan team of the last probably 30 years in the big house. And they just came up a little short. I, I think is kind of my final, just the way I'm looking at this. I don't know, CP, where does that land with you? Yeah, I agree, man. I, you know what? Like, I, I, you know, even you mentioned to me the other day, like, I mean, program criticism. Yeah, like, because I get a little bit sensitive to that. <laughs> um, I can be a little sensitive, if you will. We all um, can, we, but we all, we all do. I mean, it's like somebody criticizing my kid sometimes, right? Like I'm the only one that's allowed to criticize. I'm like, you can't criticize. I'm the only one that can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm all good. Like, you know, it's just, it is. Like, you made a good point. But like my thing is, it just makes me like, you know, it really fucking irks me because I know, I, I feel like what's going to happen. Like, I mean, you can say what you will about, Buckeyes being softer than Michigan because it's the same fucking, you know, as last year. Um, people out there are like, oh, just not as tough as us, whatever. No way, well, no way. This was like, not I mean, a toughness contest. Ohio State was yeah, is every yeah, bit as yeah, tough like, as Michigan. I'm not buying that. Well, like, 
Right, and that's what I'm saying. But like, I, I, I just, I feel like what's going to happen is Michigan's going to be going to get fucking like smacked down, like, like just like they did against PCU, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, but, oh no. And again, like, <laughs> I, I, I think we play better against the higher level. Like, I don't think Michigan, like, yeah, they may be the one of the best like teams in a, in a long time in Harbaugh for sure. But I mean, I don't like. I think we're still a better team. I mean, but we lost the game. It's frustrating. Yeah, we made some, like. Some bad decisions, some bad calls, and I, I, you know, I don't. I'm not quite sure, but I, I can I understand that, and I'm not going to like use the word but. But that first touchdown, mission, that kid fumbled the ball in the end zone. That was not seven. That was not seven. Oh, you mean you're talking about uh, the the second touchdown, the, the one that uh, yeah, the one that Burke that snatched away in and... the end zone. Yeah, dude, not, they're like, never they're that. never gonna overturn that, right? Like, yeah, well, dude, everybody, even the, like everybody in the fucking the guys in the booth, the the, the clown, they like that they have do the I, like, those guys. I can't say, hey, let's go to the booth. What what's what is your thinking? You know, like, uh, well, <laughs> looks to me like he did not. He had a catch, but then he dropped the ball. Like you know, like those guys. But like you know, I didn't mean to go back to that, but I, I forgot to mention that earlier because that that really. Well, I mean, you know, um, it, 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 the, the the defense contested everything, man, and Michigan had to earn every single yard and every single point. I, I agree. You I know agree. what was frustrating about that play, CP, was that Malik Hartford, the true freshman, it was his only down yeah. he played in the whole game. I don't, I, I don't know if you guys saw this; it was circulating on Twitter, but there was some all twenty-two footage of that play. Hartford had his eyes on J.J. McCarthy, and then inexplicably, as McCarthy was cocking his arm to throw the ball, turned his head. And McCarthy threw it right over, right past his ear hole. If Hartford just, you know, is still looking at the quarterback at that at that point, that it's, right. it's a deflection, it's an interception, it's an incomplete pass. But Michigan took advantage of a true freshman in a moment where, if Lathan Ransom had been healthy and available, Hartford would not have been on the field on that play. I don't know that Ransom would right. have actually had coverage on the play, but Ohio State would have had one of their other top safeties in coverage there. And Michigan was able to take advantage of another key injury to the Buckeyes. And then later in the game on Blake Corum's go-ahead touchdown in the third quarter, it was Sonny Styles who just made – he took two steps the wrong direction and Corum was able to blow past him. That was that would have been Lathan Ransom in that, in that role, in that position right yeah. there. He probably makes that tackle. And PBH, you had mentioned in our pregame pod how, what a big loss Ransom was. And I had said, well, I think we're going to be fine. And I kind of minimized it, I guess. But, you know, I you could look at two scoring plays for Michigan where Lathan Ransom, had he been in the game, might have made a difference there. So that's frustrating for me. Sorry, CP, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. We played a hell of a game, man. We came up short. Yeah. You know, I wish, like, the offensive line, like, maybe like, at the end, could have dug a little deeper and given McCord another second or two because we, we would have had seven. But just didn't, you know, we came up a little short, and it is what it is. PBH, I want to kick this back to you. Anything else you want to say about why you thought Ohio State lost this game? No, I just want to give you a, a shout out. Like, literally, I laughed out loud with your Knowles and the t- like. Obviously, he's not a historian, <laughs> right? Like, if you don't account for the fucking tight ends and the halfback pass against Michigan, I don't know how many times I have to see it, right? <laughs> but I, you know, I, I it gets very freaking painful that they 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 keep executing that play. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I just think it goes back to you know they just played with you know unabandoned confidence and and we didn't and you know the, like you go down 
the line, skill players and stuff like that, uh, clearly we had the advantage, but the last few years, it hasn't mattered. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, it, it, it does come down to a, a few plays, but, uh, it, it's just painful to see the same script over and not just the last few years. And now we're going back into the Cooper days, right? Where it's just, mm -hmm. it happened over and over and over, you know, that, it, and I almost think the day almost, you know, like makes it a little bit too complicated, right? Like you cannot tell me that there's not five yard crossing patterns open all day long with the plethora of weapons that we have, right. As opposed to like trying to rip, you know, 25 yard out and ups to, to Marvin occasionally. Yeah. Do that. Michigan doesn't do that. Right? right. They just, they just take what, you know, three yards here, three yards there, and then three yards. I mean, and how many times did they find themselves in fourth down in very, very three you know, times they converted all three manageable. times. Like you're going to, yeah. you're going to make that. And, and we don't, and I almost feel like we just make it, because we have all these weapons like a little bit more complicated than it needs to be and i think you're putting a little bit too much pressure on you know your quarterback then to execute yeah and i mean so his offense is predicated on a downfield a vertical passing game and there's no question about it i mean the the, the types of passes mcquard was attempting where the, the degree of difficulty and the high, yeah, the risk ridiculous. of turnover was way way higher than JJ McCarthy. I mean, they, McCarthy threw one pass over the middle I, that I remember, and and that was over you know deep and over the middle, and that was the throw for the touchdown that was that could have easily been called an interception. Otherwise, he throws very safe throws to the sidelines, short throws to the tight end on little slip screens and that sort of thing. Um, I'm a little torn on that though because the 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 threat of a legitimate vertical passing game with the skill guys they have that that's the type of offense that wins against the SEC in the playoffs, and the, he just has to figure out a way to, to make it work against Michigan. And I think he almost did this year. Um, I I don't think I would put this result in the same category as the last two. This was a close game that could have gone either way. Michigan was favored. Michigan had 43 seniors on this team. They're the more experienced team. They're playing at home. And, you know, Ohio State was right there with them with a team I thought is, you know, Ryan Day's fourth best team since he's he's been at Ohio State. So um, anyway. No, and, 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 and that's all true. And clearly one of Harbaugh's best teams, if not his best team, clearly of the last three and one of Day's worst. But let's, I mean, that's, that's whatever. That's sugarcoating the fact that we lost the, we lost the game. game. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I, and I, I'm on record of thinking we would have had two losses going into this game. And so, yeah. you know, like how disappointed could I, you know, honestly be like, cause I was wrong, but um, I don't know. There's just, there's just something weird that doesn't sit right with me about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think we need I think it'd be a good segue. Let's so let, let's we beat that horse to death. Yeah. Let, let's talk about our friend Kyle and okay. what's going to happen here the next few weeks. All right. In yeah. Next, in the next 50 weeks. Okay. Well, all right. So let's kick this over to Chad. Chad, here's the question for you. How would how would yeah. you evaluate Kyle McCord's play against Michigan? And is he the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes in 2024? Um, I I mean, he's had a couple interceptions, yeah. Um, the first one, I blame like you know, 
Like it was I a said, bad throw. I, the first I, one was I, a bad I, throw, and that's all on Kyle McCord. It was a terrible throw. The second one, he got hit as he threw. It, it, I don't I don't think you can put that one on McCord. Um, no. But but how would you evaluate his overall play? We know the turnovers are bad, but, but in between played, the turnovers. I, I mean, I think he played well. I mean, like, you know, he made a couple of bad decisions. Yes, what if I liked him? Like, use his legs a little bit more, maybe stepped in up into the pocket uh, a couple more times. Yeah. But the kid can throw dimes, man. Um, yeah. You know, I, I – I, like I said, I, there was a couple times I wish he would have just ran the ball. Yeah, um, that but, bum ankle though. He wasn't. Know, I mean, he not, wasn't going I, anywhere. Let's put it this way: I'm not calling for him to fucking like get you know, like you know, be on suicide watch or anything like that. Um, but, is, is he the starting you know, quarterback in 2024 for the Buckeyes? Do you think? I mean, I mean, he, he, the kid's only going to get better. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I, I'd say yes, unless somebody like unless I can get a Justin Fields or somebody like that out of the portal. Which that you know, and, and that doesn't even mean anything. Fields just happened to work out, like you know right, what I mean. Like right. McCord's been with that program for a while. I think he's like the kid. This was his first year on the big, like the other. Like you give that kid a second year, man. Like I think he's gonna like work his ass off this this off season and spring, and then you know I, I yeah, okay, I, he okay. is my starting quarterback next year. All right, PVH, same two questions to you. How no would you evaluate Kyle McCord's play against Michigan, and is he the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes in twenty twenty four? So it's not only him, but he basically cost them the game, right? I mean, dude, those two turnovers were backbreaking, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I, I actually take, I, I disagree with you, Chad. I, I don't know that he's only going to get better because I don't really see that he got any better throughout the course of this year. He, he can definitely throw dimes, but guess what? Anybody that's a starting quarterback at Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, they can all throw dimes. What and I, dude, what do you mean he can't? Dude, he just kicked our ass three years in a row. And the dime that he threw just, you know, in between those two guys for the touchdown was a fucking dime. So to sit here and say that, you know, and, and we all said, hey, make JJ McCarthy beat us. Guess what? He fucking did. Ohio State fans have to sit on that and eat it. We can't sugarcoat that. With McCord, and again, I, I'm no football expert. I have no idea, but it does seem to me that he locks in on his first guy. And if that isn't open, then he panics. And a lot of times he just rips the ball. He doesn't have patience. He's not, the, the game didn't appear to me that it slowed down for him through the course of the season. Can, can he make spectacular throws? Absolutely. Is he, you know, got a great arm? Absolutely. But I feel like, he kind of panics a little bit, and and I two felt like that ago, the dude, entire season. The game slowed down for him, dude. Two weeks ago, if we go back and listen, but you're like, oh wow, I think the game's finally slowing down. Well, guess what? Against real competition, it didn't. That 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 first interception was pathetic. That he wasn't even open, and yeah. and that was his first read, and he just threw it. I don't know if yeah. he if he can't read coverages. I don't know if he's afraid of getting hit. I don't know if whatever the case may be. I, again, I have no idea, but I'll say this. So to answer the second question, I don't know, but I don't have to know. Ryan Day has to know. And it's not <laughs> right. like going out. It's not like going out and getting a defensive fucking lineman, right? Mm -hmm. it, if if right. he goes out and he gets a quarterback, if 
I mean, not only are you saying, McCord, you're not good enough. Guess what? The other two guys in the room probably aren't good enough either. Now, Keinholz is just a true freshman. Yeah. But Brown's gone. McCord and McCord's gone. gone more than so, likely. Yeah. I, you know, I this is this is the million dollar question. And Brown can go as far as I'm concerned. Well, totally. But because that kid coming in in 25 that from uh, St. Clair is like that kid's the real deal. Well, fine, and Aaron Nolan might be the real deal, but in yeah. in in the short term, this is this is actually really really, you know, fascinating. I, you know, c- could I live with Kyle next year? Absolutely. The question is, is Dave going to live with him next year? Yeah, I don't know. I, I said on Sunday that I was yeah. torn on McCord, but but leaning, I guess, toward him as the guy moving forward. Now McCord was four of ten for forty-seven yards and the pick in the first quarter against Michigan, but then he went 14 to 20 for 224 yards and two touchdown passes before that game ending interception. I don't think we can ignore that. I mean, that's, that's 14 to 20 over a very long stretch of the game. He missed a, th- a couple throws here and there, but man, 14 to 20, 224 in the big house, two touchdown passes. Hang on a second. CP. Hang on a second CP. And then during that, during that stretch, McCord made some big throws too. I mean, big time throws a 44 yarder to Harrison jr. A 32 yarder down the seam to Cade Stover, a 28 yarder to Julian Fleming, big time throws. And a huge game with the highest of stakes however over the last few days a lot of the guys on the ohio state beat whose opinions i listen to are starting to convince me that ryan day at least needs to reopen the competition this offseason and make mccord prove that he can eliminate the mistakes i'm not totally against the idea of taking a kid out of the portal as long as he's a legit upgrade over mccord now i'm not sure how likely it is cp you mentioned a justin fields i think it would take that kind of a talent uh, for Ohio State to, to make a commitment to someone out of the portal. And, and Paige, to your point, you would have to then live with the fallout. And I think the fallout would be considerable. I think you're talking about McCord and Brown walking out the door if you go into the yeah. portal and get a starter. So I, I think it's pretty unlikely. I, I'm torn. I don't know what the answer is like you, PBH. I don't have the answer. I, I, it'd be very interesting to see what happens over these next three or four months. CP, let me kick this back to you. What are the thoughts you got on Kyle McCord? This season, he's number four quarterback in Ohio State passing yards in the season. Number four, fourth overall. Yeah. I'd have to. I'd have. I don't know about that. I have to look at the stats. That doesn't sound right to me, actually, because C.J. Stroud the last two years had better passing seasons. Justin Fields had at least one that was better. And then you're getting into uh, Dwayne Haskins, who broke a bunch of records in the one year he was a starter. And then you got well, Troy Smith and some of the others. But I could have made a little aggressive, but there's something that he just became number four on. Huh, interesting. Okay, I, yeah, I, maybe, I maybe you're interceptions, right. Interceptions against Michigan. <laughs> is, that is that the stat? <laughs> All right, guys, look, before we move on, I'm going to kick this back to you, PBH. Any of your thoughts on the quarterback situation, comma, cord? that sort of thing? Yeah, no, I think you're right, but it has to be a clear upgrade. Yeah. And I don't know, like all these guys that are like DJ Ugamala or whatever. Ugamala, yeah, he just ended yeah, the portal. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, and, I don't think so either. You know, I. He's going to go pro. I, that's what I think. Cause, cause, yeah, and I'm, I, I'm torn on McCord too. I just feel like the game, I don't know, certain time, man, it, if, you know, because our receivers are so good and the schemes are so good and the routes are so good. But I keep seeing, you know, these clips where like if he just – if he just processes for one and a half more seconds, yeah, right? Like then Marvin's, you know, streaking down the middle of the bloody field and just throw it to him. And, 
you know, again, I don't, I don't go back and watch film. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a quarterback guru, but, but the, where, where I do, you know, put my head on the pillow very gingerly, it, Ryan Day is, and Ryan Day knows that. And Ryan Day is going to make the evaluation. Did he, I think this is the million dollar question. Did he make market improvement from the first game to the last game enough to say that he's my guy going forward? And if Day doesn't think so, then he's he's clearly got the stones, you know, to go get the guy, right? Even if it's not Justin Fields. Yeah, well, one thing's for sure. I think the rest of college football is playing the smallest violin in the world for the Buckeyes quarterback situation, right? I mean, you got McCord, who is still a very highly productive quarterback. He's going to finish second in the Big Ten in passing. Uh, then you got Brown, another high four star. Then you got Air Nolan coming in. You got Lincoln Keenholds. Nobody's feeling sorry for us. The good news is for, for Ryan Day, he's got options if Kyle, if it turns out Kyle McCord isn't his guy. And CP, I think you mentioned this. He's still a young guy. I know he's a third-year player. A lot of people are like, well, he's a junior. He should be further along. He's still 21 fucking years old. He's still just a kid. And I am leaving room open for the for the real possibility, the probability even, that he can get better. But I wouldn't hate the idea of day reopening the competition during the offseason and making McCord prove that he can eliminate those mistakes. All right, fellas, we need to spend a few minutes on Ryan Day. And I'm going to get us started, and then I'll kick it over to you guys. Ryan Day is now 1-3 and three against Michigan, and he's 1-6 and six against the top five. Now, I want to be clear about something. Under no circumstances are three straight losses to Michigan acceptable, period, full stop. However, there's no way Ohio State's going to fire a coach that is 22 and 3 over the last two seasons, especially when his last two losses, number one, Georgia in the Peach Bowl, number three, Michigan in the Big House this past Saturday, especially when in those games, the margin between winning and losing those games was razor thin. CPU referenced it. Joel Klatt said this yesterday. When the margin between winning and losing against those opponents, top three opponents, when it's that thin, you don't blow it up and start over. Now, it'd be a different story if Ohio State got run off the field by Michigan and Georgia in those games, but that's not what happened. Ohio State had the ball in the final minute of both games with a chance to win and just came up one play short. I think the answer here for Day is to have a good, hard look at his coaching staff. We know special teams is one area where he can upgrade and also his roster where he can make upgrades through the transfer portal. So that's where I am on Ryan Day. I said it on Sunday. He's your head coach for at least the next two seasons unless he leaves of his own accord for another opportunity. PBH, I'm going to kick this to you. Where do you stand on Ryan Day? So so Ryan Day is your guy. There's no question about it. You're not going to make a move on him. Um, and everything is going to change. And I, 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 I sort of said this on the text, I don't know, sometime this week, right? It, I, I think he is more slated to be like a playoff coach than he is just like the slogging big 10, like whatever, because, <laughs> because right. he gets more creative. Right. Right. And I, I the Michigan games kind of clearly in his head, the, the vitriol yeah. and the hatred with Harbaugh is great. I love it, <laughs> but you got to kind of tip your hat to Harbaugh on it. Right. Like he, he, you know, he pulled it off, but going forward, like I think Dave will really be phenomenal in, in this new format moving forward. I yeah. think it's, it, I think it's in his wheelhouse. And the other thing is, you know, who are you going to go get? That's better. That's the other thing, right? Like, so that, that whole narrative is stupid. It's not excusing, you know, I, I the, the last, whatever, I mean, I almost give him like one or two years mulligans, but dude, 
that the, the whole fire Ryan Day thing is so stupid. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. It's kind of a waste of time. Um, you know, Urban Meyer was 7-0 and against Michigan. He won a national title in 2014, as we know. But you know what else Meyer did that has never happened under Ryan Day in five seasons? He lost 55 yeah. to 24 to an unranked Iowa team. He lost 49 yeah. to 20 to an unranked Purdue team. And both of those losses fucking ruined Ohio State's playoff chances in 2017 and 2018 before he even had the chance to take the field against Michigan. And we remember how successful Jim Tressel was against Michigan, 9 and 1. But people forget Tressel lost five games his first season in Columbus in 2001 with actually a pretty good roster that he inherited from John Cooper. He lost four games in 2004. Tressel lost four times in his career to Wisconsin. He lost twice to Purdue. Trestle's the only Ohio State coach in the last 52 years to lose to fucking Northwestern. As you well know, PBH, you watch that with your <laughs> with your father-in-law, the Northwestern yeah, fan. And Trestle <laughs> lost at home as the number one team in the country to an unranked Illinois team in 2007. Ryan Day doesn't have any stains like any of that on his record so far. And to me, that means something. You do have to get to the Michigan game unscathed in order for that game to mean what you want it to mean. And I understand beating Penn State and Notre Dame, it's not the same thing as beating Michigan. I get it, but it's not nothing either. I mean, you can count on one hand the number of programs where beating those teams would be taken for granted. I just think some people are also being too dismissive of Ryan Day's entire body of work. It's all about beating dude, that, Michigan. It, dude, that is so funny about Trestle because I, I completely <laughs> didn't know that or remember that, yeah. right? We're all just, we're blinded by the fact that he was 9-1 against Michigan yeah. and the yeah. national championship and everything else just falls by the wayside. That's just not like, you. you if you'd have told me that and you said, I'll bet you a million dollars this is true, I would have said no fucking way. I'm so glad you brought that up because that, like nobody else, you don't hear anybody that, you know, any of the Ohio State people, the guys you follow, the guys you listen to, see, none of them bring any of that up. Right. You know? It's just all like, and, I, and I, I, I agree with you. I think that's huge. Yeah. Do I want to beat Michigan? Fuck yeah. I mean, like, it's the, you know, it's, it is what it is, but I'm glad you brought that up. So thank you. Yeah, um, of course. I, I think Ryan might need to, um, I don't know. I think maybe like, like a co-offensive coordinator, perhaps. I, I'm not. I, I don't know where I land on that. Like I go back and forth. I mean, you know, I, I uh, think maybe a little bit of like take a little bit of responsibility off his shoulders. You know, for what sure. I mean? Like maybe he I'm with you. Involved into the, yeah. the whole game. You know what I mean? So I, I think that may be something that needs to be, you know, really, you know, thought of, like addressed pretty closely. Um, but, you know, I, overall, I mean, like you said, like, how can you, like, I mean, who are you going to get? I mean, you, the, you, who's the who's out there has got Ohio ties? Harline's too young right now. Yeah. Um, what's his face? Down, like, Tennessee. Like, I can't even think of his Vrabel. Right like, Vrabel. Great coach. Yeah, Vrabel. I mean, that that's. Could be a viable option. I mean, like, what do you do with Tennessee? I mean, you've got he's employed, man. He's got a he's got an NFL head coaching job. I mean, I think to the question, who else are you going to get? I'm sure there are other coaches right. that could do very well oh, and yeah. meet or exceed what Ryan Day is doing. However, who can you get that's available? And do you want to risk? Uh, you know, making a coaching change is a risky proposition. It doesn't always work out. Yeah. And you're right on the look. Ryan Day's knocking on the goddamn door. I think. Right. I mean, he's right oh there. God. He's God. winning all of his other games and he's a hair away in these last two games against Michigan and the big house this year yeah. and he'll, Georgia last year. He'll he's go right last there. Year from going to the yeah. He would have kicked the fuck out of ECU. 
Yeah. I mean, so you know, he's right on the doorstep. You don't blow yeah. it up when you're right on the I doorstep. Yeah. Nope. And, and, and to that point, I, I, I would say sort of high level, right? I, I don't know if you, I, I occasionally get haters and stuff like that, you know, on that game, you know, but yeah. fuck, man, I, I would much rather be in that game and lose it than not have a program that's in the goddamn game. Totally agree. Right. right. Totally agree. So don't don't ever lose Fuck sight of the haters. fact, right, of how fucking awesome it is that we get to grind on this. And, you know, it doesn't always work out in our favor, but a lot of times it does. We have two national championships in the last 20 years. I didn't think we'd ever get one. Right. But right. God damn it. It's pretty freaking awesome. And days, you know, he's doing a great job. Are there are there criticisms? hundred percent. But don't ever lose sight of the fact of how awesome it is that they they are in it to win it every single year. And there's only about two or three other programs that can say that. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Pa- Paige, I want to go back to something you said, because I don't think anybody's thinking about this right now because they're all Ohio State fans are still, you know, wallowing in their misery over losing to Michigan. But the world changes in 2024, guys. The Michigan game isn't going to be the same obstacle to a national championship that it's been for the last 100 years. And I know there are some Ohio State fan police out there that'll tell me I'm a loser for looking at it this way. They can all go piss up a fucking pole. The reality is starting in 2024, Ohio State teams that are as good as this one are going to get two cracks at beating Michigan in most seasons, once during the regular season and then again in the Big Ten title game. And in most seasons, Ohio State-Michigan will no longer be an elimination game for the CFP. Win or lose, both teams are going to qualify in most seasons. And you know what? That's the way it fucking should be. The postseason and how this sport determines its champion has been college football's biggest flaw for its entire existence. It's been the biggest, most frustrating flaw in all of sports, college or pro. Greedy bowl executives stood in the way of progress for decades, and now they're finally out of the way, and we can have a postseason in college football that makes fucking sense and that more fans can have a real stake in and enjoy. So (laughs) the world changes next year. People just can't think about it because it hasn't happened yet. Ask Alabama fans in 2017 when they lost lost to Auburn, but still got in anyway and won the whole fucking thing. Ask them would they give a shit about losing to Auburn that year. I'm telling you, it just hasn't happened yet, but one time it is going to happen. Ohio State will lose to Michigan, and they'll still go on to win a national champion. And who's going to give a fuck that we lost that game? The ultimate goal is to win a national championship. Sorry, go ahead, CP. I fucking want to say you're a loser for saying that, but like, especially that you made that entire Comment was not taking a breath. That whole <laughs> <stuff was fine. laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! And and you know to your point, PBH. Who knows what the future holds for Michigan? Right. They lose forty three seniors. There are major NCAA sanctions coming for them after this science stealing scandal. Yeah, and if you think Jim Harbaugh is going to stick around and endure those penalties and not take the first flight out of, out of town back to the NFL, I got some swampland in Florida. I want to sell you, right? Yeah, yeah sell, it, sell it to Tebow. No, dude, you're totally right. And it's the one frustrating no thing. Right? We're going back to leaders and legends. Like, dude, <laughs> how, how you ever let that happen is is just, it's absolutely astonishing. Because you, you, you know, and and especially this year, right? Like, I, I actually kind of think, and we're going to get to this in a second, maybe this is a good segue, like, you know, if things don't go our way on Saturday, and we're going to talk about that, I it pains me to say this. Like, I I think Michigan has a really good crack through the whole thing because 
the college, Ohio State's as good as anybody out there, right? I'll take them against any of those teams. I've not been impressed by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they both could potentially be in there. But the way the Big Ten set this up with, you know, the East and the West. It's is, a joke. It's a joke. It's terrible. Since it's they awful. went to East and West from leaders and legends in 2014, the Big Ten West is 0-9 Soon to be 0 and 10 in the Big Ten title game. <laughs> yeah, like, like, how could you? Oh, God. 20 years from is... now, I said this on, on Sunday's pod. We're going to look back at the era of divisions in the Big Ten and we're going to look, what the fuck were they thinking? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Yeah. All right, fellas, yeah. listen. Well, let's, let's move on to this. The chances are slim, but Ohio State still does have a path to the college yeah, football playoff. Wrap up soon, right? This involves number seven, Texas, losing to number 18, Oklahoma State, the Big 12 title game. Number eight, Alabama, losing to number one, Georgia, in the SEC title game. And number four, Florida State, losing to number 14, Louisville, in the ACC title game. Now, some also think that number three, Washington, needs to beat number five, Oregon, in the Pac-12 title game, which would give the Ducks a second loss in order to get the Buckeyes in. But I disagree with that. I think Ohio State will jump the loser of the Big Twelve, uh, the Pac-12, a champion, a championship game. Do you guys want to spend a few minutes talking about these games? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, great. So let's go to yeah. let's go sequentially. Uh, let's start cool. Friday night, eight p.m. Eastern. This is number five Oregon against number three Washington in the Pac-12 title game. This is being played in Las Vegas. Oregon is now a ten-point favorite in this game. The over/under is sixty-five and a half. Who do we like in this game? PBH, give us a pick. I like Oregon, but I'm going to go against it. I'm going to take Washington with the points. Okay. Um, Do you like Washington to win, or are you just taking Washington to cover? I'm going to take Washington to win. Wow. Okay. How about you, CP? I'm going to go with Oregon. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just like Bonex is having like he's he's just reintroduced himself as like you know Auburn like those days like. Yeah, I, I got to go with uh, Oregon just yeah. because of Bo Nix. Yeah, I understand Washington beat Oregon earlier in the season, but Oregon's been playing way, way better than Washington recently. I like Oregon. I like Oregon in a blowout. I think Oregon wins big, and I think they they bury Washington's playoff hopes with a blowout in this game. Okay, noon Eastern on Saturday. This is this is the big one here for us. This is the big domino, the, big the first big domino we need to fall. This is the Big 12 title game. Noon Eastern on ABC. This is being played in Jerry's World AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Number seven, Texas against number 18, Oklahoma State. The line is Texas minus 15 and a half. The over-under is 54 and a half. PVH, what do you like in this game? This is the uh, PVH. We'll start doing three <laughs> Jack Daniel shots as soon as uh, Quinn Ewers blows this for us. And then the dominoes start to fall, right? This is the only thing I care about. I'm not like you. I mean, I, 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 I'm still, my heart is still broken, so I'm not going to watch a whole lot of college football, but if Oklahoma state pulls this off and by the way, and you reference this, like the big 12 championship game is always quirky. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the irony, the irony of ironies is that you got the mullet at Texas, right. That could break our heart, but if he doesn't and uh, Texas blows this game, then then the drinks will start flowing. And uh, so I'm going with Oklahoma State to win straight up. All right. That's right. just my heart. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily put my money on it, but I just might. Uh, yeah. Come on, Quinn. Do us a solid, oh, baby. God. We helped you come get on, that Quinn. goddamn kombucha deal your freshman year. Come yeah. on. Do us a solid. Blow this one. Throw, Throw four us. picks in this game. Let's go Oklahoma State. How about you, CP? Who do you like in this game? 
Well, you know, uh, Gundy is nine and three against Texas. So it's like, like you know, so like that, that's a huge stat right there, man. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Texas has been pretty much in the dump for quite some time. But I mean, I, I got Oklahoma State covering the game. You know, I, I mean, who wins it? Obviously, I want to. I mean, they're going to cover that easy. Um, but. I want to say, obviously, for I mean, Texas, I think, is going to win. Obviously, for us, you know, obviously, I want to say Oklahoma State's going to win out, right? But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we'll see. But it's crazy that you brought that up, Hayes. It's like Quinn, the fucking the mullet is like, you know, we're mullet. all backing on him for the, <laughs> the dominoes to fall. He, he might as well be the quarterback uh, for us. That was year. my boy. <laughs> no, you love him. Yeah. That, well, Texas got a pretty yeah. nasty defense, uh, but you know they're Texas. Yeah. They're Texas. Um, my yeah. heart says my heart says Oklahoma State. My head says Texas. Ah, fuck it. I'm taking Oklahoma State, and, and it could it's I mean, the start of a, a very interesting Saturday yeah. for Ohio State fans. Okay. Thanks. Next up, 4 p.m. Eastern on CBS. It's the SEC title game. Number one Georgia against number eight Alabama. The line is UGA minus five and a half. The over under is 54 and a half. Now I just saw something on Twitter that Lad McConkey and their stud tight end whose name escapes me right now, might not play in this game uh, for Georgia. PBH, who do you like? I like Georgia. I, I mean, come on. You're not yeah. going to throw another 40-yard bomb. I'd yeah. B- back the Brinks truck up on this. I know it's Georgia big. Georgia 20, big. 2025. 20, wow. Okay. How about you, CP? I don't know, man. Bama's been playing like I, you know how much I, I just don't like Nick Saban. I mean, like outside of football, he seems like he's a cool dude. I'd like, you know, I'd party with him. Um, but <laughs> I just, I, they're playing good ball, man. I think this is a coin toss, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's games that Georgia should like. I mean, Georgia Tech was like in that game to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Alabama should have lost them to Auburn. That was a fluke. I mean, who knows? I mean, if I'm going to bet on, I was going, I would take Georgia. Okay. Uh, look at Brock Bowers can't play in this game. And Lad McConkey, I think those are pretty big equalizers uh, in in this game. Yeah, he's but, been out for the last, like he's been out yeah. for the last six games, has he? Uh, no, Bowers came back a couple of weeks ago, but now it sounds like he's got another injury of some kind. And it sounds like McConkey might not play he's either. shut it down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I like Georgia in this game as well. It's, the, the game is played in Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in, in Atlanta. I, I like Georgia. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close, but I think Georgia wins it. And then uh, the other result we'll be watching, uh, the game we'll be watching very closely, ACC title game. That'll be played at the exact same time as the Big Ten title game. It's number four, Florida State, against number 14, Louisville. This game's being played in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium. The line is only FSU minus one and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. And we know Jordan Travis, the star quarterback for Florida State, will not be playing in this game. Florida State has not looked like the same team, not even remotely, or the same offense, I should say, without Travis. Who do you like in this game, PBH? I haven't seen Florida State play a single play. I haven't seen Louisville play a single play. <laughs> All I know who my rooting interest is, so go Cardinal. All right. How about you, CP? I got Louisville in this game, man. They, they're playing some good football. Okay. Yeah, this will be very interesting. Uh, I'm going to take Louisville as well. I mean, it's basically a pick them on a neutral field, and Florida State is without their star quarterback. I, you know, I could also see a world where Florida State 
just kind of leans on Louisville and wins it with their defense and running game and just squeaks it out. And actually, that is a worst case scenario for the playoff committee because now you got an undefeated Florida State as a conference champion that I don't think anybody believes has any chance of winning a playoff semifinal without Jordan Travis. But you got to put them in, right? Because they're undefeated. Yeah, you have to. They're a conference champion. I think that's a. T- I think the college football playoff committee is probably rooting for Louisville in this game because they don't want to have to make that call. But I'll take Louisville. What the fuck? And and we'll see. It, I can, look, guys. It's the last weekend of meaningful college football games until the playoffs. I, I got to watch it, and then God, you know, in a few weeks, oh, yeah. there'll be no football, and we'll, we're going to be waiting in eight, eight months for for, for for college football. All right, I, I I got a question, and we don't have to talk about Michigan and Iowa because no one wants to talk about Michigan and Iowa. It's just an <laughs> abomination of a Big Ten title game. We all know who's going to win that game. What if Texas like wins? exceptionally ugly and Bama loses to Georgia. Uh, let's just say Oregon beats Washington. Do you see a scenario where we sneak in or no, Texas has to lose. Cause that's the one that I'm kind of like, man, maybe. Yeah, no, I think Texas, I mean, Texas would be a conference champion. They'd have one loss, but they'd have one more win. We know Michigan's in, in that scenario. Georgia's in in that scenario. The Pac-12 champion is in in that scenario, and then it comes down to a comparison between a but conference we're champion. Of, we're, we're ranked ahead. I, I, and yeah, I, I, yeah. I and don't I, see I'm it. not saying it's possible. I'm just so you, you discount it. Whole 100%. yeah, no way, no shot, no way. No way. They're a conference champion with one more win. They've got a road win at Alabama. I I don't think so. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I yeah. was just hoping that you'd make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Why, why don't we end things there? For our listeners, if the dominoes happen to follow High State's way on Saturday and the Buckeyes end up in the playoff, look for a pod from me on Sunday. If not, then look for a pod or two from the three of us in the weeks leading up to the bowl game. Until then, thanks Love so it. much for listening, and go Bucks. been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com